Respect. Respect is represented here anyway in Ottawa. Non-surrendered. Anishinaabeaki. It's represented by the moose. And I'm so disheartened by our relationship with the moose. <sighs> My relationship to the moose personally started uh, likely when I was working as a guide in the northwestern corner of Algonquin Park in Sunridge, Ontario, next to South River, Ontario, next to Macker. Um, I was driving down the road, down a dirt road, on my way to that entrance point to the park, but further down because I had seen a wolf pup the day before. So I was making this drive to go back there. And on my way, I noticed there was a moose. And she was kind of limping. And there were two cars. So I pulled over. I said, did she get hit? Through the commotion of it all, she walked off the road into the ditch and laid down or fell. I'm not sure. And the people, the humans, they gathered around her. I said, give her space, man. Give her space. Like, I was pretty upset, though. Like, give her space. You know, this person, I mean, this animal, sorry, is going through a traumatic event. The leg was obviously broken, and to what I had known that meant that moose was on her way to dying, to her certain death. When the humans moved aside, gave space, I checked out the cars, and this white car had a big dent in it. So yeah, they hit that moose. Uh, the father was going through some shock. The mother had some glass in her leg. And I believe there was two daughters. Um, I knew where they were headed. And so I offered them a drive. And we were really far from the hospital. Everybody seemed okay. So I gave a ride to the mother and the two daughters. As the father, the driver, should stay with the car until the police got there. As I was giving them a drive, the little girl, she was crying. They were from Spain and they were visiting. Do you think that moose is going to die? Yes, I said. She started crying. Even more. It's my first time in Canada and we killed a moose. I said to her, attempting to reassure her, well, you know, when she dies, there'll be meat. 
when she dies, you know, I, I came here to come see some baby wolf. So we know that there are wolves next nearby. And they will have something to eat. I know I will likely stay and, and take some meat too. And give that to my friends. And she was crying. And she kind of yelled and her mom put her her hands over her the daughter's ears and said to me, she's a vegetarian. Looking back when I've shared this story, I laughed at that moment, thinking, well, come on. But now I have a better understanding of that perspective. Isn't it curious that our wild animals here, the moose, how often do we bring moose or deer to the vet when we hit them with our vehicles? What happens to the life of that animal? What happens to the people? It's us who came and built these roads that put them in danger. And when we hit them, they're likely left on the side of the road. Some communities, and there are some programs where the animals are taken and, and gifted, either to First Nation communities, or within community members. Anyway, when I got back, after dropping them off, I got back to my car and we waited. Again, we're really far from ambulance. We're far from hospital. We're far from police. So we had to wait a bit for one official. And eventually, fire marshal came. He had a gun. Me, I was waiting. I was curiously waiting. I was waiting for the meat, to be honest. But I was also just watching. I already had a roadkill kit in my truck, you know? I had gloves, bags, ready, in case. In case an animal got hit by a car. And I was close enough, and I could harvest it. By close enough, I mean in time. So the fire marshal got his gun, and the ambulance came. And um, by this time, the moose had walked a little bit further into the bush maybe 10, 15 feet. So she was out of sight. The fire marshal said to me, all right, you can go now. I was like, no, it's okay. I'll stay. And when we went to walk to see the moose, he turned to me and said, you know, this might be the time that you go. I said, no, I'll stay. 
we were 10 feet away, silent, quiet, fire marshal, paramedics, and me. He took a shot and got her in the neck. And right there, she started convulsing. That's what I've seen in my experience when animals die. They convulse like electricity. That to me is a sacred moment. Those are my teachings. Life is sacred. But when spirit leaves the vessel, that's sacred. I waited. When we waited. And then when it was time, I went up to its leg and cut the skin and grabbed some meat, some of her flesh, of her leg. And her leg was as long as my height. She was a wonderfully beautiful, large animal. And I had learned many teachings from them by watching them through their tracks and signs that I had learned to read. And if we watch our animals, we get to learn quite a beautiful perspective and the teachings that they have to share with us. And there's a lot of knowledge keepers and elders who, who hold that knowledge. But anyway, this was before I worked with tobacco. This is before I knew any teachings. I just went for her leg and got bags full of meat. I didn't feel bad about leaving things, leaving pieces of her behind because I knew about the wolves. I, you know, I looked at her like I usually do when I see dead animals. I look, I look closely at their vessel because we are so similar in so many ways, but we're different. I see beauty in that. So I took many bags full. And then I offered that man who hit the moose a ride to join his family. And he was in shock. And when we drove there, I was like, well, you know, moose is really delicious. Would you, why don't you take some and share it with the people or share it with your host? And he was like, no, no, I couldn't do it. He's vegetarian too. Couldn't do it. When I got there, I can't remember. The host had told me that they already heard the story how I helped. I believe I offered them some meat. I offered it to the driver, but he said no. And so brought it back with me. There was moose meat to share. And that's a good thing because food is community. But on my drive back, 
I passed that spot one more time. And she was originally left somewhere where people wouldn't see her. But when I drove by, there was the guy who picks up the cars. He used his machine, his car, his vehicle to pull the moose out from the dirt, out from the forest, I mean, and onto the road, just dragging her with this machine, left disheveled. He said he was calling people on his list to let them know that there was a moose. Had I known better, I would have used that whole moose, but I didn't know better. Looking back, I could have taken more moose. Looking back, I, I could have, you know, I could have done a lot more things to respect that moose. For one thing, I could have said something about her body being pulled onto the road like that. I don't know what happened to her. And this is one moose. But I can definitely confirm a teaching that I carry. Many Canadians do not know how to properly harvest or carry out the ceremony of harvesting moose. They know how to hunt, but they don't know how to harvest. They bring the moose to a butcher who cut it up and burn the bones. And I don't know what happened to the hides. Sometimes the hides get gifted, but sometimes they just get left. Canadians don't have those teachings. We can take courses on how, how to hunt. We can take courses on how to tan hides and how to process an animal. But for the most part, what I've seen, and legally, you only need to know what the hunter's manual tells you. No one takes into account those moose, do they? Well, that's outside of my teachings because there's a ministry of forests and natural resources. However, when we consider the truth, we are on stolen land. And the original caretakers of the land, the original stewards, or aboriginal people, and they carry the teachings of the moose, all the other animals, 
some of the teachings. Some communities don't have all the teachings. But that doesn't mean they're gone. And that doesn't mean that because the kids don't know, you know, they should still have the right and that experience to get to know those teachings. But what I saw when I was at Clova Kidigan Zibi at the Moose Moratorium is the kids, the youth, and the community are busy having to protect the moose from being overhunted by Canadian hunters, settler, who have been sold tags to come hunt moose. It's problematic for many reasons, and I hope that what I share honors what I've learned. Although I must direct you, go look it up, the Moose Moratorium, Kitiganzibi, Algonquins. Go look it up for yourself. But because these corporations or the ministry sell these tags, to these people, the people come wanting, expecting to hunt, and they get angry. They get angry at the indigenous people who are holding space to protect the moose. There's no open dialogue. There's just anger. And the people who are protecting the moose, they have anger too. Understanding that perspective. The youth and the community have to stand ground and face racist, angry hunters who have been given a tag, misinformed. And these people who are already systemically oppressed face racism day to day, face violence, protecting the land, which is traditionally theirs to protect, to care for, to live with. It's dishonorable. I think it's dishonorable to have Canadians hunting wildlife and have access to it when Indigenous people here, they don't have the access to it for many different reasons. And so much of the animal goes to waste. And it's disrespectful. When settlers came, they also brought domesticated animals. They also brought farm animals. For this very reason. It just seems like we're taking too much. 
and we're not respecting our relations. I want to apologize to that moose for not knowing any better, not doing any better. The people of Kitagon Zibi. I once said I was Algonquin. I was misinformed. Now I don't know, but I'm sorry I said that. I also said I was in the wolf clan. I wasn't. I'm not. I understand now. I didn't do it to be dishonorable. I did it because I was scared and I didn't understand my place in the circle. But it's not about me. I think it's about people understanding our shared stories, our shared perspectives. And if people, Canadians, understood what it meant, what it means to be indigenous and have an indigenous mindset. If they fully understood and respected that, I believe they would hand the responsibility of caretaking for the land back to indigenous people. I think there's too much fear Fear brings anger, does it not? We have to lead with the heart. Indigenous people know how to do this. It's in their blood. Settlers have to do that long trail from the head to the heart. You can ask Creator to help purify your heart. You can ask for Creator's help. Miigwech Kitchimanado. A perspective that I've learned through my relationship with the moose so far. is this. And I hope indigenous people get the platform they deserve to have their voices heard because I know the future of Turtle Island depends 
on this for the next seven generations of all our relations. Okay, miigwech, mamapi.